0: Reminder, next week, since I will be out having my minor procedure, uh, Mark's going to cover the pulpit and, and share a message, which he's preparing, and And um, you've done that before, and it was fantastic, so I, I look forward to the opportunity to hear it. I hope you do, too, and Mark, I hope you look forward to sharing that as well. But this is the first Sunday of the Lenten season. If you haven't already done so, listen to the message i delivered on Wednesday night, Fresh Wednesday. I spent the time talking about the origin and meaning of the season of Lent, and I truly believe that it will help you understand why this is such an important part of the Christian year and will also help you prepare for Easter, which is, of course, the purpose. It was a good and thorough presentation, so I'm not going to take a lot of time this morning to discuss it further. Just please listen to that message, and then, of course, reach out to me if you have any questions or would like to discuss it further or want some guidance on where you can study it more for yourself. Last Sunday, I shared a message titled, The Time for Everything. We took the familiar words of Ecclesiastes 3 and unpacked them a bit as we followed the author's attempt to answer the question, what purpose does it serve to work so hard during our time on earth? Does it make a difference at all? And I'm paraphrasing the questions there quite a bit. But as the First Testament text of Ecclesiastes 3 revealed, there is a time for every activity under the heavens. And in a lot of ways, the modern period that we celebrate as Lent draws itself from uh, start and end points of any way from the season from two important benchmarks in Jesus' ministry, his baptism called ministry and his resurrection. And notice that I called these benchmarks and not the starting or end points because we know that his life was divinely ordained from the start. And his work continues in the world still today. And you as a disciple of Christ and this church as a part of the global church of Christians are an important part of that work which still continues. It's true that we don't have a lot of information about the first 30 years of Jesus' life recorded in Scripture. We have the account of his miraculous birth which we celebrate with the season of Advent and Christmas. And there are some accounts of his young life, such as when Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod. And this can be found in the Gospel of Matthew. And then their return to Nazareth is foretold in Isaiah and recorded in Matthew 2, 23. But the first time that the world gets to interact with and experience the person of Jesus is at the age of 12. From Luke 2, 41 through 52, I'm gonna be reading from the NIV this morning, Luke 2, 41 through 52. It says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Even when he was twelve years old, they went up for the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking it was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends. From verse 49, why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house or another translation says about my father's business. But they did not understand what he was saying to them, at least not yet. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If we were just to turn the page to Luke 3, we fast forward about 20 years and we are reintroduced to John the Baptist from Luke three fifteen through 18, again from the NIV. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. And he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. And the many other words John extorted, exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. John was not the Messiah, but he was certainly preparing the way for the Messiah. That was his role in Jesus' story, an important role as we will see. Matthew 3 also shares the account of John preparing the way for Jesus. And then one day Jesus showed up, right? So here's here's this man talking about the one whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. That's how much greater this is than I. And one day Jesus shows up. He says, then Jesus came to Galilee, to the Jordan, to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And John consented. I I captured a part of this from the Jesus film DVD. If you'd start that. I baptize thee having authority from the almighty God as a testimony that you have entered into a covenant to serve him. As we can see, John is doing his ministry, telling about the Messiah that will come and baptizing people. And then, look who comes. I have need to be baptized of thee. Come thou to me. Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. I baptize thee, having authority from the almighty God, as a testimony that you have entered into a covenant to serve him. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Just as a reminder, we have free copies of that Jesus Film DVD, and it's not the greatest theatrical production, and to me, I hear a little bit of a Scottish accent or something in it, but but it captures a lot of important scenes and the story of our Savior and shares an important message about the life and purpose of Jesus, and and this week's scripture, remember that that Mark read in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. I'm going to read it again now from the NIV. It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, which we just saw. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son who am I love. With you, I am well pleased. Then it says, at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted or tested By Satan, he was with the wild animals and angels attended him. Now we don't fully know the reason that Jesus was led into the wilderness for 40 days. We just read that he was tested and tempted during that period. But that may not have been the only reason. Likely it was a season of preparation where he removed himself from the world to get back to the basics in order to fully ready himself for the difficult challenge that was ahead of him. I like to use modern examples so that you can see how we are to apply the lessons of scripture to our lives. And when I can't find one readily, I like to use illustrations to help make a point relatable. And I thought I had found the perfect one for this, but I felt it a little too political in light of current events to include the way that I wanted to. So I'm gonna, I don't wanna take away from the point. So I'm gonna just describe it and you'll see my hesitancy in a minute. Rocky four, right? Rocky IV, scrappy fighter from the mean streets of Philadelphia takes on Russian powerhouse Ivan Drago. You see the issue with now taking on Russia. You can draw your own conclusions. But if you'll remember this film, Rocky had decided to face his rival in Russia and he opted to do some old school training, I'll call it, right? There's this montage within this barren land where you see him running through knee deep snow and and chopping wood and lifting carts and running up mountains and shadow boxing and, and carrying timbers across his shoulders. All of the basic but simple and effective training methods that he needed to face his challenge. Of course, there's some good adrenaline pumping music playing throughout this scene. And I'm not drawing a comparison between Rocky Balboa and Jesus Christ, of course not. But as you watch him get away from the world to get back to the basics and get in shape for the challenge of his life, you can see why Jesus may have retreated into the wilderness for a time. Jesus often got away from the crowds to spend time alone in thought and prayer to prepare himself for what came next in his ministry. And as with Advent, Lent is a season of preparation for us. It doesn't just symbolize the 40 days of time Jesus spent in preparation. It is intended for us to prepare ourselves also. At the end of this period is the Holy Week, Palm Sunday, as Jesus makes his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. Monday, Thursday, as he shares a meal with his disciples and speaks even more important lessons into our lives that we still apply today the betrayal and crucifixion of Good Friday, and the resurrection that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. This morning during our Bible study, we were reading about Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus the tax collector, and and there was a a poignant moment I hadn't hadn't noticed until this morning when we were were studying it, And, and the question was this. It says, What must it mean to Zacchaeus when the king of kingdom, right? This is Jesus Christ himself, publicly declares him a son of Abraham. That was found in in verse 9 of Luke 19. And he said, you are a son of Abraham. You know, and the question went on to say, how do you think he's going to celebrate that holiday, which was the Passover? So think about this. All this was done for you. So how should you celebrate this Lent season? How should you celebrate the resurrection? Because this was done for you. All of this was set in motion by God and, and done so that you can have a personal relationship with him and the hope of a future that includes an eternity with both God and Jesus. I titled this message 40 days later because there was a plan and a purpose that was established all the way back at the beginning of creation. God wants a relationship with his people. As we have disobeyed and gone through the repetitive cycle of, of yes, God, I love you back to, you know what, God, we can do it on our own. Thank you so much. And then we need you, please save us. And then thank you, God, for saving us. We love you again to... We can do it on our own for a while. Over and over and over, we do the cycle. And as 2 Peter 3 9 reminds us, I love this the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He couldn't compromise his holiness. And it's not in his nature to ignore us, to leave us, to destroy us, to stop loving us or stop caring for us. He had made his covenant promises that we are his and he will love and protect his people. So he did the one perfect thing that he could. Say it with me from John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but he have eternal life. And then if you were to read in verse 17, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. I told you that he went into the wilderness to prepare himself to the greatest challenge of his life. We are a challenge. It's hard to save us. We certainly can't save ourselves. All of this was preordained and set in motion from the time that Adam and Eve first sinned. And there are different theologies on whether some of the numbers used in the Bible are literal or just symbolic in meaning. And, and whether it rained for 40 days or just a very long time so there was no end in sight. Whether the Israelites wandered the, the wilderness for 40 literal years or it just seemed endless. Whether Goliath taunted the Israelites twice a day for 40 days or it was just incessant. Whether Moses' multiple periods of 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai was literal. Or Jonah's warning to Nineveh that they only had 40 days left. There's so many examples of this number forwarder, but the number isn't necessarily the point. It's what happens after those 40 days or during those 40 days. The rain stopped and the land reappeared for Noah and his family to claim the covenant promise that God would never again destroy his creation. The Israelites reached the land that was promised to them. Again, not that it wasn't ready for them, Rather, they were not ready for it. Consider this a period of preparation of testing of faith. Are you seeing a theme here? Goliath was defeated and a young shepherd by the name of David earned the favor of the king that he would someday replace. Moses was prepared to further lead God's people. Nineveh repented and was saved. And Jesus emerged from the wilderness ready to save the world. Those are some pretty high standards, aren't they? But your role in God's good plan for the world may just be just as important for the people around you as you follow the instruction to to proclaim the good news and make disciples. However you choose to prepare for Resurrection Sunday and the miracle that the cross represents, I hope that is deeply personal and meaningful. I pray that you spend this time preparing yourself to receive the gift of salvation, a gracious gift made possible, not because of what you do or don't do, but because of who he is, and who he is to you. If you don't know what that means, if you would like to talk about it, please don't remain silent. The church exists to guide you into a personal relationship with your heavenly father and Jesus Christ as your savior. My role as pastor is to be available to you for that specific purpose. It would be an honor and a blessing to help you however the church or I can. We're gonna celebrate communion in a moment. Jesus tells us that all are invited to accept the gift made possible through his sacrifice. We're reminded to do this in remembrance of him, but it's also a time of quiet reflection and reconnection with him. I wanna challenge you to take advantage of this Lenten season to prepare yourself by taking an honest look at yourself. See yourself as God sees you, not overly critical, not as the world sees you or as you think you should see yourself, but as God sees you. Perfectly created for God, and for good and fully equipped for the purpose that he has established for your life. If you aren't where you think you should be or where you wanna be, now is the time to ask him to speak to you. I also wanna issue another challenge for the remainder of this Lenten season. Let's take that number 40 and apply it with intentionality. Will you read the Bible for 40 minutes more than you usually do? Will you say 40 more prayers than you normally would over this period? How about this? Will you simply start and end your day with just 40 seconds of giving thanks to God? I promise you that's the best way to start your day and end it. It's my prayer that each day we are more prepared for our salvation than we were the day before that. And I want to make that our prayer. So let's let's pray. Gracious Creator God, who put so many things in motion. Everything that has come through the life of Jesus Christ, leads us to the moment where we stand before you and decide whether we accept him as our our Lord and Savior. Lord, from the very first sin that drew that wedge between you and and those you created, Lord, you have worked hard, tirelessly, relentlessly, but patiently to reestablish that kind of intimate relationship with us. Lord, as, as we reflect on the periods of time that Jesus himself needed to step away on and focus on, on preparing himself, may we take the next few weeks to prepare ourselves for all that it means to accept the gracious gift of your mercy as evident through that cross. As Lenten is a season of repentance, that means taking a good honest look at ourselves and identifying the areas of our life that need to be cleaned and refined further. And Lord, these aren't always comfortable processes Lord we ask you and your good judgment as any good father to convict us to bring those to to our mind so we know what it is that we need to be working on because we want to be prepared we want to be 40 days better and more prepared and closer to being in that eternal kingdom with you Lord we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine Uh, Lord we pray for our world leaders Lord, we pray for all those in need, those who are ill, afflicted, those who are traveling. Father God, that, um, that this might be a powerful season for, for the entire world. Certainly the world benefits from the sacrifice of your son. Lord, I just pray that we are ever mindful of what that means. It's in his name we pray. Amen.